Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm your host, Scott Livingston, and this is where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page, Scott G. Livingston. My goal is to empower and inspire a community of people who take every opportunity to live a high-performing life. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is a method and language of integrated practice that brings the worlds of therapy and conditioning together and helps them become more powerful and more practical. If you live in one or both of these worlds or you use the services of a therapist or conditioning coach, you know that sometimes they don't see eye to eye. They aren't on the same page. Reconditioning provides a time-tested process for aligning these two worlds and creating impactful solutions to performance problems. And now the entire approach is available for you to digest online from the comfort of your own home. Follow them at ReconditioningHQ on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or become a member of their Facebook Reconditioning HQ Revolution community and join the Reconditioning Revolution. Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark, and this is a Sunday Remarks, and I'm Scott Livingston, your host. Today uh, is going to be a little bit different. I usually talk about uh, some call it philosophical issues, sociological issues, things like that, that uh, are near and dear to my heart. Today, I decided I would talk a little bit about the experience of watching my former team make the Stanley Cup finals. And if you're not aware of my uh, professional history, I back in 1998, I had a chance to... Um, work for the New York Islanders. I was called up through a contact, a friend of mine. I'd been working at trying to get a role as the strength and conditioning coach for the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, they weren't hiring at the time. And uh, the head trainer of the team, Gaetan Lefebvre at the time, um, did me a favor and reached out uh, at the draft to the assistant GM for the Islanders who were looking for a strength and conditioning coach. And I went down and interviewed for that role and got that job. And so I went down to New York, worked for the Islanders for a year. I won't go into all the ins and outs of that experience. I think I've done a little bit of that in a previous uh, Sunday remarks, but most certainly should come back and circle back to the experience there. Um, but I then, you know, it was a it was a very difficult time both for me and for the team. And I looked for an opportunity to change roles, and the opportunity to go and work for the New York Rangers came along. And so I took that role and worked for the Rangers for a couple of years and then um, consequently lost my job in sort of uh, those those change-oriented situations where the GM has to make change and you end up being sort of a victim of that change. So I found myself in 2001 looking for a job. And it just so happened that the Montreal Canadiens uh, were making some changes themselves, and I had some connections at the time. The head therapist was a good friend of mine, Graham Reinbent, still there today. And I'll circle back to that item in a second. And interviewed for the job, took the role. Ironically, this was uh, the year of 9-11, and so in training camp, at the beginning of training camp, we had both the 9-11 um, 
catastrophe occur and then found out that our captain at the time, Saku Koivu, was stricken with cancer and was going to be battling for his uh, for his life through the season. And uh, I dove full into being a supportive uh, person to Saku's return, working on a number of big injuries. But to circle back on the organization, it had been a number of years since they'd really had success. Uh, they won the 1993 Stanley Cup, and that was the 24th of their Stanley Cups. Uh, consequently, a few years afterwards, they lost Patrick Roy, their uh, Hall of Fame to be goaltender. Number 33 went on to play and win a few cups with the Colorado Avalanche. And from that point on, the organization really stuttered and sputtered and, and didn't really have their best years. And uh, I was coming in uh, to the organization really because they had suffered the last few seasons with over 500 man games lost. To put that in sort of perspective, uh, sort of the league average is somewhere between uh, buck 80 and 200 man games lost in a year. And so 500 is, that's a lot of man games lost. And that's that really, you know, challenges uh, performance. And so I came in and... Um, really began sort of revamping organizationally how we developed athletes, how we tested athletes, how we trained athletes, how we reconditioned athletes. And I worked with the the staff there. And at the time, the head therapist is the same head therapist that is there now. A good friend of mine, uh, Graham Reinben. And Graham has been with the organization for 27 years. I believe he started the year after they won the cup, working sort of in an internship role, etc. Their uh, head equipment manager, Pierre Gervais, has been there for, I'd have to say, over 30-some years now and was with the organization probably something like 40 years now, um, having worked with their AHL team as well. And uh, he's just been a lifetime dedicated equipment manager and uh, their third wheel, a guy named Pierre Ouellette, who is uh, affectionately known as Steamer, has been with the organization, I believe, since just before they won that Stanley Cup. So he and Pierre Gervais uh, were a part of that 93 Stanley Cup, and I believe Pierre was also part of their 88 Stanley Cup. Um, and then they had uh, another equipment manager come on, uh, Patrick Langlois, who I worked with for a, year, a few years, and Pat is still with the team. And there's a number of other people working with the organization who I've worked with over the years. Donald Baumforth is their lead physio. Uh, Dave Campbell still does some osteopathic work, I believe, for the team. And then there's uh, a whole host of other characters who, who do some work with the team that I've bumped into over the years. The only athlete left on the team was this uh, young fellow that was drafted in 06. I left in 09 and had some bumpy uh, first few years. Um, came, was kind of pulled up for the playoffs and things didn't work out and some blame was laid on him and, and you know, he was getting into some mischief around town and things and <laughs> learning about the, the big big Montreal world experience. But in the year that I had decided to retire, which was uh, the 2008-09 season, 
I was I was contemplating the idea of leaving the league and going into some other things. I had some opportunities to work uh, with some Olympic athletes with a foundation called B210 and was also building my own business. And I just got to a point where, you know, I felt like I wanted to explore some of their opportunities. And that year happened to be the 100th anniversary beginning. So they, they celebrated, true to Montreal form, celebrated the 100th anniversary of the team over the two seasons. So they, they began in the sort of midway point of the 09 season and finished up in the um, uh, 08-09 season and then finished up in the 09-10 season. And the whole long and the short of it was they were going to host the All-Star game or all these special jerseys, etc., etc. So when you're the home team at the All-Star game, you do get um, a little bit of a benefit of being able to name a couple of extra players to the roster. So if my memory serves me correctly, Kerry played in his first All-Star game. Andre Markov, um, who I hope someday gets recognized as one of the best uh, defensemen that the team's ever had. Unfortunately, he didn't win a cup, and so sometimes you're how you were affectionately considered and also his um, sort of demeanor I think sometimes hamstrung him but he was a great leader and Andre was there and um, we had uh, Mr. Kovalev come in for that year and played in the all-star game and also uh, Mike Komisarek uh, had a special rookie opportunity as a as a all-star as well so it was kind of cool because we had all these all these guys in the all-star game and I remember watching that game and experiencing watching Kerry playing his first game and and the the skills competition and all those things and as the year came to the end I, I also had the opportunity that year to help um, the organization build their practice facility so I really got to design for the first time in my career a performance training facility from A to Z and get all the gear and buy all the stuff and or, you know organize the room and I was really proud of what we kind of created and I had also had my daughter, who uh, this year is turning 13, and um, so Gretchen was born that year in 08. So it was a big year for me, lots of things going on, and a big year for the organization. And unfortunately, you know, we went into the playoffs. Um, we didn't have the best playoffs. We lost to Philadelphia. I believe it was the second round, if I'm not mistaken, that year. And, uh, you know, our season finished. And... There was, you know, questions around uh, around Kerry, et cetera. And then the, the next year, I believe uh, a friend of mine, colleague of mine, Lauren Goldenberg, came in and replaced me. Jacques Martin was at the helm. And they went all the way to the conference finals, which was pretty cool, uh, but got beaten again by Philadelphia at that time. And I remember actually going to one of the games and watching the team one year after leaving. I went on to work uh, a few Olympic games with a bunch of different Olympic athletes and enjoyed that. But the reason I tell this story is because, you know, it's interesting looking back now as the team I watched uh, with bated breath on uh, on Friday, along with probably everybody else in uh, Quebec to see if the Canadians would, would win that series. And, you know, from the very beginning when they were down 3-1 against Toronto, I don't believe too many people really believed they were going to come back against Toronto. Toronto had a pretty significant team and a lot of people, the pundits sort of believed that Montreal's team wasn't, wasn't really good enough. And 
I guess my my point to all of this is that there's a lot of factors that go into winning that I think uh, the average person doesn't always think about when they're looking at sport from a fan perspective. Um, and the general manager of the team, Mark Bergevin, has been maligned a little bit over the last number of years. And, you know, he's made his mistakes as everybody does and made his good moves as everybody does. And it's interesting, you know, I kind of wonder if they had lost that um, game to Toronto and lost, uh, you know, 4-1 in that series where Mark would be today. But on the other side of the coin, um, you know, something happens and the this young fellow that they bring up in the middle of the season, Cole Caulfield, who for all intents and purposes, I can remember seeing him being like a couple inches shorter than um, Gallagher and recognizing, kind of wondering, holy cow, you know, another small forward on this team. But in the in the process of the last few years, the team has been building up um, character, uh, size, etc., bringing, you know, some good Canadian content in the room. And, you know, you you realize, but you don't think about it. But I think the, these are the factors that really go into winning a Stanley Cup. I think you need to have good character Canadian players, some good American players, and then a smattering of some impressive European players, and especially uh, like Finnish players. And the team's got a number of good Finns because they're kind of like uh, Canadians in the way they play and their tenacity for winning and success. And the team's kind of changed that, but they brought in some leadership guys like Corey Perry and uh, Stahl and Weber a few years ago, and they still have Carey Price. And these are all guys who played for the Canadian national team uh, and have won at the highest levels. So you bring these guys in and you've got that sort of character piece. And I've always believed that you need to have sort of 33%, I call it the 33% rule, but you need to have 33% of your team as young up and coming athletes, that middle ground 33% of you know, tested veterans and stuff, but they're still got some bandwidth in their years. And then some veterans who aren't going to be around for too many more years, but they bring, you know, winning and leadership. They know what it takes to win. They are calm when things get a little bit crazy and they kind of put perspective in the room on what it, what it's going to take to win and, and, you know, what each victory actually means. And it was kind of interesting seeing an interview with uh, Weber and Price uh, after the game the other night, because the two of them looked like they hadn't won <laughs> the championship probably both tired but they'd both won the conference championship and they looked very stoic very you know um no big deal we're you know we have other work to do and i think that's what you need out of those veterans and you know i wanted to speak a little bit about the journey that carrie's been on you know i was blessed to work with carrie for the first few years of his career uh obviously he was developing you know his his style his his abilities in the game i think not everybody recognizes that this guy won a world junior gold and also won the calder trophy with the team before he came up to the canadians he then went on consequently to win a gold medal with team canada at the olympics and so he's done you know pretty much everything there is to do except for win a stanley cup and and he always comes back and i remember after one playoff series them talking about you know them trading him and get, keeping Yaroslav Halak as their as their um, their goaltender, and you know I always liked Yaro, he's a good good human being, but you know he wasn't Carey Price, and I and from my perspective, losing that player, um, kind of like losing um, a Patrick Wall back in the day, you know that that to me is just 
not something you want to do. You want to build on the success of the character player that you have. And uh, I think that they've done that this year. And I don't know whether they'll win a Stanley Cup. They're playing against a very fine team in the Tampa Tampa Lightning. And their general manager, I was uh, blessed to have the opportunity to work with uh, Julian Brisebois. And, and he is a really innovative, forward-thinking guy and has built uh, with Steve Eiserman down there a really impressive organization and team. Um, but you know what? They have the factors. They have the uh, you know all the X factors. These little things that have happened uh, through the year that have sort of ignited the possibilities. And I think when we recognize and look at you know what it takes to win, there are, are factors you can control, and then there's factors that really are called the luck factors, the X factors. They they can make a momentous change, whether it's the coach getting COVID and and maybe that being an igniter with uh, having a Luke Richardson with the things that have gone in, on in his career in the background. Those of you who are not hockey fans and don't know the players, the people uh, that I'm talking about, that's that's not really what the message is. The message is that we we want to have hope. We want to focus on having um, you know characters in, on our team, in our space, in our room, whether we're building a team, coaching a team, running a business. Uh, it's, it's having control of the tangibles and recognizing that there are intangibles that are going to sometimes be the the factor that creates the success uh, and there's sometimes things you can't control and and so you've got to live with them and sometimes um, live by them and um, sometimes they carry you to success and sometimes they carry you to a loss or, or or not achieving what you want to achieve so you dust off and you get back up and so I'm wishing the very best to the guys who are still with the team Graham Pat Jerv and Steamer and those other people that I mentioned before. I'm wishing the best to carry and to see him uh, be able to hoist the cup and the organization. And if it doesn't work out, you know, uh, it's been an outstanding season to watch. So a little bit of a fan commentary from uh, me, um, uh, 12 years after leaving the organization. Uh, it's it's kind of cool to watch at this point to see where things might go and uh, hoping for the best for the Montreal Canadiens. So have a great one. Uh, we'll be back next week with... Um, more interesting podcasts for you and uh, if you're enjoying the podcast please take the time to leave a rating and uh, also leave a comment love to hear your comments uh, about what we're doing here at leave your mark take care reconditioninghq.com is announcing the creation of the r pro series there are now four steps to becoming a reconditioning professional it all starts with our signature course r1 foundations that sets you up with this unique holistic approach to integrating the power of therapeutic practice and performance practice this course as well as the second course in our series r2 designs is completely online you can register and digest all the content from the comfort of your own home each course comes with a zoom lab experience where we take all the information and work with you to ensure you completely understand how to align it with your own practice. The third step, the R3 experience. This is a complete eight-week mentorship online where we go deep on the entire process and make certain you are prepared to succeed. Finally, we'll be releasing our first R4 collab sometime near the end of 2021. This will be an incredible live event where we use collaborative teaching design to manipulate the process with you and everyone in attendance so that everyone learns the nuances of the reconditioning process and leave being prepared to call yourself a reconditioning professional. For more information on all our courses, 
including our landmark personal development program, Empower You, please check out reconditioninghq.com today and use the coupon code LYM50 for $50 off any one of our course offers. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today, and we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story, taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.